0: Okay. So we are now doing Tuesday's portion of Parshas by Ishtar, and to remind us of what has happened thus far. Yankov, Jacob, has left the house of Laban after being there for 20 years. In the 20 years, working seven years for Rachel, then another seven years again for Rachel, and then six years for the sheep, which on a spiritual level means he completely worked through and refined all of the potential godly energies embedded within his father-in-law, the incredibly evil, Lavan, who had an incredibly high spiritual source, God's ultimate kindness, which, of course, was very, very twisted and warped, as was ultimately embodied in this very evil human. But Yaakov accessed the source and refined it and absorbed it. And similarly, he now is assuming, just as Lovan is a source of the ultimate kindness, not in his embodiment, but in his spiritual source. So too, Asov is God's ultimate judgment in the positive, not in the ultimately wicked Asov, but in his source. He's refined Lovon. Now he's ready to. According to some, he assumed Asov was refined. According to others, he's ready to refine him. He's assuming they're not at the. They're now at the state of fusion. Asa that embodies the actually far higher powers coming from an even more powerful spiritual source than Jacob, Yaakov. Asa comes from what we call the worlds of chaos, a very high level energy of God, even more powerful than our worlds, the worlds of rectification. Jacob is a soul of rectification. Asa is a soul of chaos. Chaos is even greater light. So now Jacob is assuming I've worked myself for past 34 years I'm sure Aesop has as well and now we're ready to fuse the powers of chaos with the powers of rectification we're ready to bring the Messiah of course that's not where Aesop was holding as Jacob found out Jacob found out when he sent the angel messengers and they came back saying ah you're sending messengers to Aesop thinking we're on the same page now I'm refined you're refined we're ready for Mashiach I know I've taken and extracted and refined the godliness of love and now we're ready to fuse with Aesop. No, he has not shifted one drop. He's still the absolutely wicked Aesop and he's actually coming to annihilate you. He's gathered an army of 400 men and he's coming to do war with you. He's been nursing his enmity for the past 34 years and he's ready to destroy you. At which point Jacob prepared for this in three ways. He prayed to God. He divided his camp into two divisions, strategically, militarily. If one's going to be attacked, the other can flee. And he sent him many, many presents, which, again, on the most simple level, were to arouse Asa's love for him, compassion, and deep spiritual intentions as well, almost as if offering sacrifices not sacrifices, as we think, on a temple and an altar, that's the world of rectification, but sacrifices as understood in the world of chaos. But everything here, there's myriads of meanings to the most, most sublime. So now, at this point, Jacob had been the ferryman moving his entire family over the small river, camping them strategically, then he realized he a few small vessels were left behind, And every physical item of the saint of the Tzaddik is very precious, as invested in it, the Tzaddik's energies. It's not something we want just anyone to get their hands on. So he went back for it, and the angel of Asa attacked him. And they fought, and Jacob won. And in the battle, though, Jacob was wounded, as we're soon going to discuss. So at this point, the angel said, "I've got to go. <laughs> it's my turn to sing praise to God." Meaning, I actually here I was doing something seemingly adversarial. I was seemingly against God, inviting you. But actually, I'm, I'm God's angel, and I work for Him. And this is part of my mission, and now I'm going to sing praises to God. And I said, "No, you have to tell me your name. No, I can't tell you my name. But when, I know there's going to come a time when God's going to actually bless you and change your name, and I'll be there, and I'll give my assent as well." Now, the verse continues, we're at chapter 32, verse 31. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, where I've seen the divine face to face, yet my life was there. In other words, this place where he rested with the angel of Asaph, he named Peniel. The sun rose for him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping on his hip. What does it mean the sun rose for him? So Rashi says on the simple level, that's how you talk. As he was coming to such a place, the sun rose. On a midrashic level, but obviously a midrash has become part of the literal meaning of the verse, the sun rose early to heal him, which was sort of balancing out something that had been out of equilibrium for quite some time. Because 20 years earlier, when Jacob was going to Lavan, to Haran, then he was like, oh, I passed the place of Mount Maria, where it was the holy place of my forefathers, and I didn't pray there. Because he turned to go back to pray, and the sun set early for him forcing him to stay there overnight. The sun set early. So the sun that had set early then rose early now. Everything balanced out to heal him. Therefore, the children of Israel are not to eat what's called in Hebrew the Gidhan mashem, the displaced sinew on the ball of the thigh bone to this day. Because he struck the ball of Jacob's thigh bone on the displaced sinew. Which means, and this is to this day, we do not eat this part of the animal because Jacob was left alone. In other words, we were told, why was the angel able to attack him? Because he was alone. He went back himself. He any of his sons as escorts, therefore the angel was able to attack him. So this wound that he suffered, we all remember to this day by not eating that part of the animal. Jacob raised his eyes and saw, and behold, Esau was coming, and with him 400 men. We divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and the two handmaids. Put the handmaids and their children first, and lay in her children later, and Rachel and Joseph last. And as Rashi explains, the further back, the more dear. So that's why he structured them in this fashion. And he went on ahead of them and bowed earthward seven times until he reached his brother. He went ahead because he said, if he's coming to do battle with his four hundred men, let him attack me first. Asa ran toward him, and he embraced him and fell upon his neck and kissed him, and they wept. embraced him, so when Ace saw all these bowings, it aroused his mercy, it aroused his love, and he actually hugs him for real, which again, spiritually, is a very great accomplishment here on on the very physical level of, of all of this evil and hatred vanishing, and on the very spiritual level of the fusion of, as we said, the world of chaos and rectification, everything coming together. It says he kissed him, and on the word he kissed him, there's a dot over every letter of the word. There's a rule that we've actually had before in in the Chumash already, which is when a word has dots, dots are misurah, the misuritic tradition. So if you have a word and some of the letters are dotted and some are not, if more letters are dotted, then we look at the word on another level, removing the undotted letters. If more letters are undotted, we remove the dotted letters and then look at the word again if every single letter is dotted, what do we do? Well, it's as if we remove the entire word. So how do we understand this word he kissed him, which has a dot on every letter? So some say the dots on every letter means remove the word. Yeah, it looks like he kissed him, but he didn't really kiss him for real. But the sage of Shemim Bar Yochai said, we know the fact is that Asaph hates Jacob. That's a fact in all generations. Asaph hates Jacob. Whatever, whoever is the embodiment of Asaph in that generation, of course, it could be a Saddam Hussein, or an ISIS, or Hitler, or Bin Laden, whoever is the Asaph, he hates Jacob. But the dots are telling you something different is happening here than the norm. You would normally think, oh, he kissed him, and that's not real. But the dots are telling you this word's different. At this moment, with all the presence that Jacob sent him, with all the bowings, with all the respect, with all the spiritual intention, He actually kissed him wholeheartedly. He raised his eyes, meaning Asaph, and saw the woman and the children. He said, who are these to you? Which means, like, who are they? How are they yours? He sees all of these wives, all of these children. And Jacob responded, he said, meaning Jacob, the children whom God has graciously given your servant. So we see this is a response of Jacob. not, oh, these are my children, I have all these children. I have all this wealth. No. Everything I have is what God has given me. I have nothing on my own.